Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Welcome to yet another hump day. Today, Wednesday, the 2nd of March 2022. You're listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show. So great for you to join me yet again. If you're brand new to the program, welcome aboard. Hopefully this particular episode will add some value to you. That says, hmm, there may be something in this. I might listen to tomorrow's episode and the day after. And I might even start to check out some of that back catalog that he's got there as well. And if you're a a returning listener, hey, welcome back. Greatly appreciate you still plugging in. And of course, I am hoping that I'm continuing to add value to you and your team as you make the quest to become exceptional in what you are doing in your sales team, but also in your career. So in today's episode... um, I want to talk about a topic that is very dear to my heart, and it's a it's a sales topic that many sales leaders, not just in Australia but around the world, face uh, pretty much every single day, and that is a I guess a degradation of numbers or performance levels where we don't expect them to be, nor do we want them to be. And the fundamental question I'm going to ask today, as part of this particular episode, and I guess the key theme of today, is do you focus on the numbers? Or do you focus on the process? And there's a very, very big difference because let's let's be honest, for many, many people, sales can be very, very challenging. And there's huge amounts of expectations that are not only carried by the salespeople uh, to perform, also carried by the sales leaders being subjected to constant pressure from partners, from senior executives, from people that's sitting on the board. Now, it's very easy to uh, give give instructions and set expectations from a boardroom and not necessarily when you're having a face-to-face conversation. And there's a lot of pressure that salespeople are, are afflicted by, but also sales leaders in this conversation as well. It's a very, very challenging situation for many. Uh, but sales also, on the, on the flip side, can be very, very rewarding, and it's not actually complicated. However, we as salespeople and we as sales leaders can often make it more complicated than it needs to be. And certainly senior executives can make it really complicated as well. So the, the crux of this particular episode is I've been having conversations with a number of clients and one in particular late last week, he's found himself in a situation where there's a, a, a few people within his sales team who are not uh, performing to the level that they expect. And the company is expecting, and he's been given, he's been pretty much given an ultimatum from his senior leaders to performance manage these people out within the next month or so, or uh, turn their performance around instantly. And it's a really interesting dynamic because these people, for all intents and purposes, are quite capable. Uh, and I asked the question of him: do, do these people, do these salespeople who are perhaps struggling right now, do they have the potential, and do they have the track record? So have they demonstrated? Uh, in the past, the ability to hit numbers and deliver results. And he said, absolutely, they have, but he, he doesn't know what's going on. And so what, one of the conversations we've had around this is, what do we do with a sales team, and particularly individuals within a sales team, when they are behind on their numbers, when things are not going as according to plan? And this can have dramatic effects, not only on the bottom line of the team, but also on the impressions that are created within the organization, certainly in the eyes of the senior leaders, because questions start to come down from on high, and it's very, very easy 
when you're sitting in the boardroom or you're sitting on the executive floor to ask the really difficult questions as to why the sales team is not performing and why they're not delivering numbers. There's no recognition that perhaps the numbers um, are not are not as achievable as perhaps we think. But let's put that one to the side because one of the things I talked about with this particular client is as as we all are in sales, uh, we have to know and have to recognize and have to understand that part of the business of sales is your sales number is not going to go backwards. So from year on year, your revenue targets, your new business targets are not going to go south. They're going to go north. So the expectation is whatever we've done this year, there'll be an expectation that you'll do that plus more next year. So the targets are going to go up. So it's irrelevant to have that conversation and it's irrelevant to push back and say the targets are too high because the target is the target because every business is there to grow. But what's really interesting is the pressure that comes on high and a lack of understanding, I believe, that sits within, in many cases, the senior executives who don't understand maybe the mechanics behind sales or don't care to want to understand that or seek to understand what's actually happening either in the marketplace or in the sales team or within their own business they just look purely at the numbers and it's such a clinical approach to that. And I've had this literally hundreds if not thousands of times in my own career where senior executives are looking at uh, numbers on a spreadsheet and pretty much asking the hard questions as to why is this person not at 100% year to date or on target in terms of where they are at this particular part time of the year. Why are they sitting at 10% of their target? Why are they sitting at 15% of their target? Why are they sitting at 71% of their target where they should be based on last year sitting at on target 100% or even at 105, 110. So there's this lack of understanding exists. And that's one of the things that as sales leaders, we have to manage really effectively because on the one hand, you're going to have pressure coming on down from the senior executives to push the envelope and push the numbers and make sure the numbers are going to be delivered because let's be honest, their, their ghoulies are on the line because they've actually made some announcements to the marketplace in terms of what they're going to deliver this year and they'll guaranteed have some short-term and long-term bonus structures in place as a result of the numbers they're going to deliver. So they're under pressure. And you're also going to have some potential pressure from the sales team themselves thinking about, well, I'm not getting the leads or I don't have the, the, the support I need. I don't have the number of resources that I need in order to fill my pipeline and therefore take care of all the, all the opportunities that might sit in my pipeline. Or in fact, there could be a whole host of other things that ultimately are beyond our control, which quite li- literally and quite legitimately could justify as to where we sit where we sit at this time of the year. So there may actually be some examples where you've got the excuses coming from the sales team as well. Now, one of the things as a leader that we have to do is take full responsibility for everything that happens. And we also have to get really, really good at driving accountability for our sales team to make sure they're also taking responsibility for where they're at. So the question I want to ask today is, where do we focus our time and where do we focus our energy? Do we focus on the number Or do we focus on the process that if we get that right, ultimately we'll deliver the number, not just in the short term, but over time to the point where the numbers become sustainable. So to do this, we had a conversation about where most companies focus their attention. And when I was having this conversation with this client, I was asking him the question about what's the environment like within your organization? So as a sales leader, what sort of conversations are you having every single day and every single week in terms of the, I guess, the forensic investigation around the numbers and he said well as we get towards because they're already um, in the back end of the financial year the second half of the financial year but he said as we get closer and closer to the end of June the cadence reports become weekly then down to daily and the last week of the financial year or the last two weeks of the financial year we're literally having multiple cadence meetings per day 
because we have to try and get the number in to meet the expectations we've set for the marketplace. And there's so much pressure that's not only placed on the senior executives to deliver at a company level, that pressure flows down to the sales leaders, which then flows down into the sales executives. Now, if you listen to the podcast I did with Andy Paul last week, we talked about the fact that selling without selling out. Now, in this case, when their pressure comes down, it's a natural response for a sales team to sell out. And by selling out, it means doing what needs to be done to get a deal across the line, being salesy, asking a customer to bring forward their decision-making process to fit in with our uh, timelines so that we can hit our budgets, which is very self-focused, right? And and look, there may be some times where that is warranted, but it's going to be based on relationship. And I would use that as the last resort based on the relationship because you just don't know what impact that sort of question is going to have on the relationship moving forward. But let's look at what most companies do. And then I'm going to give some suggestions on what we can do as leaders that perhaps is different to this to actually start to create an ecosystem and an environment which gives ourselves the opportunity of getting back on track And it may take a little bit more time. So you might be sitting there thinking, well, we don't have the benefit of time. Well, yes, we do. It then just comes down to having the courage to have the conversations that we need to have to make sure that we're putting the building blocks in place so that this behavior and this situation doesn't necessarily repeat itself over and over and over again. Because my experience, having been in sales for over 20 years, is this sort of situation, whether it be coming to the end of the month, end of the quarter, end of the six-month mark, and certainly at the end of the financial year, the behaviors continue to be 100% predictable and it is get the deal done whatever it takes, which is very, very salesy. So let's look at what most companies do and this is what my client's company is doing right now. First of all, they're thinking about, okay, where are we year to date? Why? Where is the gap? People are feeling not great because the, the conversation that's been having, it's, it's a critical conversation. It's a justifying conversation. So the questions that are being asked by the senior executives are leading questions in terms of leading the witness. They are closed-based questions, and it's a case of why are you behind? What's your plan to break bridge the gap? There's no, there's no empathy. There's no attempt to understand what the current circumstances are that might be leading to this result. It's just focus on the number, focus on the number. What is your mitigation strategy? What is your gap-closing strategy? Why are you where you are? So what tends to happen with that is people start to feel really poor. They don't feel engaged. They feel as if they're now being criticized. They feel as if they're now being watched. They feel as if they're now being micromanaged. And it's a very, very short-term focus type of situation where they're looking at, okay, what are the short-term results we have to get? What is your misc mitigation strategy? What is your gap closure strategy? What are the behaviors? What are the things you're going to do? What are the short-term tactics? Because we need to get back on track. What are you going to do this week? How many more calls are you going to make? How many more presentations are you going to do? How many more conversion conversations are you going to have? And therefore, what are you going to deliver? So the culture that starts to get developed is one of instant short-term focus, and the behaviors that are put out in place. Think about the impressions that now creates to the marketplace, and particularly the customers that you're dealing with, who perhaps may have had some great experiences with you over the past. All of a sudden, there's going to be a sense of desperation that's going to creep in because we're focused so heavily on the short-term number. Why? Because the business and the senior executives are focused on the number, the number, the number. Now, I want to put a caveat in here and and say this, and that is the numbers are really important. So we need to have sales teams hitting and overachieving numbers year in, year out. That That is the aim of the game. That is the, if you think about the scoreboard, hitting the number and overachieving the number indicates that we're winning the game of sales. And that's exactly what we're here to do. So businesses are not here to go backwards. Businesses are here 
to thrive and to expand. So before I start talking about process and what we should be thinking about in terms of making progress, I wanna make that really clear that the number is the number. That is still an aspiration. My suggestion though, my recommendation and my encouragement is as sales leaders, we have to remove the manic obsession with the number and don't bring the number into every single conversation. And this is the danger that we have with many sales teams and many sales leaders right now. And this was the the issue that my client was having last week in that all the conversations at the senior leadership level and therefore at the sales leadership level and therefore at the sales team level was all focused heavily and religiously and without any exception on the number. And so any wonder that people are feeling nervous, any wonder that people are being protective, any wonder that people are not being vulnerable and any wonder people don't have the courage to speak up because it's all about the number. And just imagine the kind of impressions we're creating on customers when we're behaving in such a way that there's this air of desperation that we have to get deals over the line. It is just not conducive to long-term, sustainable, trusted business relationships, period. So there is a better way. And what if we did something different? What if we had the courage to instead of focusing religiously on the number, we instead focused on the process and we focused on the progress. So instead of being reactive, we actually started to become a little bit more proactive. Now, uh, bear with me because this might sound a little bit counterintuitive. You might be sitting there thinking, oh, that's just all rubbish because it's the number because at the end of the day, we're only measured by the number and whether we win or lose and that's determined by the number. Well, yes, that's true. But if you look at longevity in sales, if you look at some of the great salespeople and the exceptional sales leaders, they have this ability to be able to deliver numbers consistently over time, but it's the way they do it and how they're thought of by their team and the environments they create, the relationships they build, and the kudos they get from people, just not just from the, in their organization, but also from customers that leads to sustainable results. And this is what we're all about. So here are some things we talked about last week, with uh, which certainly helped my client last week in terms of uh, changing the dialogue within the team and then changing the focus. But hopefully this is also going to help you particularly if you find yourself with a situation where the team or elements of the team are not performing at the level that you expect them to do, uh, and certainly you're getting pressure from upwards as well in terms of what's going on with your sales team because you're behind the number. So first and foremost, and I've talked about this a lot, that we need to, as sales leaders, we need to be able to define reality. So there's no point sticking your head in the sand or putting it under a blanket and hoping it's going to go away or closing your eyes and wishing for a different number to materialize. The number is the number. So wherever we are, We have to be really, really clear on this is the reality. Now, with this, we don't have to accept it. Now, by that I mean we need to take responsibility for where we are at, but we don't have to accept that number or that reality as being acceptable. And this is a key part because we need to take responsibility for where we are at. Many issues that I find in sales teams right now is you've got salespeople who are behind their target, but instead of taking responsibility for the reasons and the behaviors as to why they're behind their target, they look to externalize the blame and say, it's not my fault. My marketing team's not giving me enough leads. My sales leader's not giving me enough coaching. My customers are not returning my calls. All of this language says to me that this person and these people are not taking responsibility. So the first step, the first order of business, the first key responsibility is first and foremost, sales leader take responsibility for where the team is at. Second of all, we need to make sure that the sales team, the individuals are also taking responsibility for where they are at as well. They don't have to accept it, they don't have to like it, but we have to verify where we're at and be okay with it. That's our platform, that's our starting point. Now, instead of actually treating people with contempt, instead of pointing the finger at people and asking why are your numbers so bad and why are you, what are you doing to change it, how about we treat people with care, respect, 
and empathy to understand what might be going on that's causing this particular situation instead of just saying you need to do this because your responsibility is that which unfortunately a lot of sales leaders actually do why because they're being conditioned to do that from their own experiences probably as a salesperson themselves but if we actually did something different and this might sound really counterintuitive when somebody's actually not performing to the level that you know they're capable of instead of actually criticizing them what if we actually cared for them to find out what's causing this to happen all of a sudden they'll start to feel different about you and might just be there might just be an opportunity for them to open up and really share with you what is causing this behavior which means instead of dealing with the symptoms of the situation i.e., the number you can now start getting a little bit deeper and finding out what is the root cause of the behavior that's causing the symptoms of the numbers not being where it is so if i can do that it's 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 human, right? So I'd like to think that salespeople who work and have worked for me, they don't turn up at work every single day and think, you know what, today I'm going to be as mediocre as I possibly can. I'm going to try and stuff up as much as I can and I want to fail as much as I possibly can today. I'm looking at how I can actually drive the floor out of my sales numbers so I can look really, really ordinary. It just doesn't happen. So if you have people in your team who are not performing at the level that you know they're capable of, the first question you've got to ask yourself is, do you believe they have the capability and the potential to be extraordinary, to be exceptional? And if the answer is yes, the next question is, do they believe that is also the case? And the first step is they have to take responsibility. The next thing to start thinking about is what's working and what's not working. Look at what they're doing. What is their behaviors? Have a look at their diary. And it's not looking at their diary to look specifically at the numbers that they've got, as in the number of appointments, what you're looking for is what sort of structure they have in place. What's their methodology? How do they go about prospecting? How do they go about structuring time so they can strategize, so they can follow up with customers? What sort of what sort of process are they following? And another key thing to think about, which a lot of sales leaders do not do, is understand intrinsically what is motivating your salespeople individually. What motivates them? What motivates them to do what they do every day? What motivated them to join your organization? And what motivates them to continue to work for your organization? When you start to work that out, all of a sudden you might get an understanding as to why they're perhaps performing the way that they are performing. And the other thing to look at as well is analyze their approach. What is the approach they're taking? Now, if they've gone to all the sales trainings and they might have gone to internal product training, Unfortunately, many people that do sales training and many people who do product sales training, they make it all about the product and they make it all about the company and use this technique, use that technique. And you'll find that many times it's a product push or a service push, not a customer problem-solving conversation. And this is where many salespeople fall short. And if I do analysis on a lot of sales teams that are falling behind in their number, it is because they're pushing too hard and trying to retrofit their products into what they see as perceived needs in the marketplace. They're not having the conversations to identify what the problems are that the marketplace needs to solve, nor are they having the really in-depth conversations with their specific customer to understand, do they have a problem that needs to be solved and can I articulate that problem better than they can so that they will allocate to me that I must have a solution to their problem. It's just not having. It is all product push. Now, it's a gross generalization because there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. However, when I find many organizations struggling with their sales numbers, a lot of it comes down to the way they're approaching the marketplace, and a lot of it is push selling, not problem solving. So as a sales leader who might be struggling with some people in your, t- in your sales team right now, think about your approach. Think about the language that your team is using. Think about what sort of strategies and tactics are they putting in place? Are they going out there focusing on the product they're selling or the service? Or 
They're going out there really being curious, building relationships, genuine relationships, and understanding whether there's actually a problem in the marketplace that needs to be solved. Now, if we then start to focus on the behaviors that can start to build credibility in the marketplace and start thinking about how we become known as great problem solvers rather than product pushers, then I guarantee the numbers will start to take care of themselves and the numbers will start to turn around. But in the meantime, what we have to start thinking about is what are the benchmarks we need to put in place? How are we going to actually start to put in some better behaviors and some different behaviors that over the long term will start to compound? And how we now start to measure progress against these processes, not continue to focus such in such a religious way on the number, the number, the number. Because the number's never going to change. So focusing on that at all the time is just going to wear people out and will cause a huge amount of frustration, which none of us need. What we need is a process based on behaviors that can be replicated and duplicated, that can be consistently implemented over time so that that compounds. And I'll say it again, consistency compounds. And I actually heard a really great analogy this morning, and it was about this consistency around compound and the compound effect of effort and how many people still take the short-term instant gratification route. And it was in the form of a question. The question was, would you rather receive $3 million in cash on day one or 10 cents on day one, but each day we're going to double that amount? And so on the first day, you'll get 10 cents. On the second day, you'll get 20 cents. On the third day, it becomes 40 cents. And the interesting thing is most people would gravitate towards the three million because they think, oh, that's a big number, instant gratification, three million dollars, thank you very much, until you understand the power of compound because the 10 cents on day one, which becomes 20 cents on day two, at day 10, it's sitting at $51.20. So you're thinking, wow, I wish I had taken the $3 million cash after 10 days, I've only got $51. Well, on day 20, that $51.20 turns into $52,429. But it gets better. On day 30, that number now becomes just under $54 million. So the people who sit back and think, oh, I'm going to take $3 million up front, they've now cost themselves in excess of $50 million. Now, it's a ridiculous example because you're not necessarily going to get your double your money every single day. But the point of compound is this. If we focus on the numbers at the expense of everything else, we're not necessarily going to change behavior that is going to deliver long-term sustainable results. You'll have short-term focus. And I've got to say, the the things that happen are going to continue to manifest into the future as well because we're not looking at the underlying process, the underlying methodology, the underlying method, the underlying behaviors that is driving the results. However, if we start to understand that, if we start to focus now on the process we're putting in place, the way we're doing it, the behaviors we put in place, if we can now start to measure the progress to that and we know that through consistency it will compound, still knowing that the number is important because we will still have to deliver at the end of the year, but I guarantee you turn around in terms of uh, aptitude, turn around in terms of attitude, turn around in terms of engagement because we're looking at things in a slightly different way. The conversations now become different. I guarantee you'll be making progress and you might actually be staggered at how quickly the numbers actually turn around because we have taken a more human approach to our sales leadership. So I trust that message helps. It certainly helped my client last week. Hopefully hopefully that resonates. And of course, as we wrap up, if you'd like some help with this or you'd like to fast track your sales leadership capabilities, love the opportunity of working with you. You know the drill. Go to leadwithdarren.com. We'll have a conversation and get working together as early as this week. So look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best.
Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.